Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I am uh, Creeping Crawling Claire, and joining me are my equally spooky co-hosts, whose spooky names I'm going to make up right now. We have Monster Mash Mel. Yay! <laughs> she did the mash. She did the Monster Mel mash. We have uh, Matt. Yay! He's so evil. And we have. Oh, what goes with? Oh, we have. Uh, we have Red Right Hand Robin. Yay! It should have been spooky. It should have been Red Rum Robin. Oh, Red Rum. Yeah, Red Red Rum. Oh, don't talk about the whole thing. It'll be really creepy and horrible. Happy Halloween, guys, for yesterday. Happy Halloween. Yay! So, as we announced last week, because we have a few weeks before uh, Jessica Jones hits, three weeks, guys, three weeks, oh my god, um, we are um, going to be doing a couple of episodes to celebrate all that is Kristen Ritter and David Tennant, um, who are two of the stars of Jessica Jones, and because it is spooky Halloween week, this week we watched Fright Night, which is the remake from 2012, starring David Tennant. Well, not really starring, he just turns up and steals the film every so often. <laughs> um, yeah, for the most of this film I was watching, I was like, why are we even watching this again? Yeah, and I was like, where's, where's, and I thought this was the one with Kristen Ritter, so I was like, where's Kristen Ritter? I, don't, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> is, she, is she that blonde girl? Has she dyed her hair blonde? What, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is she playing the mum? I'm so confused. <laughs> no, we're actually uh, continuing on with our uh, Colin Farrell tribute cast as exactly. we're, you know, this is the direct sequel to the Daredevil episode. I did think while watching this, a lot of Colin Farrell's performance is very bald, I like, because in, in Daredevil, you know, like whenever he killed someone, he kind of would put his hand up to his face and kind of sniff it and be like, like this. And in this, he does that a lot. He's kind of like sniffing the air. I'm doing crazy bullseye eyes like this. Oh, I thought it. I like his little shake. <laughs> He's like, whoa. I've it's never just, liked him in anything except yeah. for this movie. Really? <laughs> I, I like him, him in this. He's great in this. Colin Powell is definitely playing this with his with his. He looks younger. Coach. He does. Why do you look like ten years younger than he actually is? Makeup CGI. Yeah. <laughs> CG Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> He's meant to be playing like a really young man in. Uh, the amazing film A Winter's Tale, which I recommend everyone watch because it's amazingly bad. Um, and he looks like really old, <laughs> like in that. I'm like, oh, you look about 45, but that's really old, guys. Oh, that's me in 10 years. But, uh, you know, it's, but yeah, in this, like, it's only a few years ago and he looks super young. Well, I think it's because he's very pale and he's got the whole David Boreanaz pale, you know, skin, dark hair thing going on, you know. Yeah. Yeah, running about and it gives him youthful looks. Um, so, yeah, I was going to see if there was any news for Jessica Jones or Daredevil or Iron Fist or Luke Cage or anything uh, this week, but there really isn't. So, haven't got any news, I'm afraid, guys. Apart from it's been confirmed that uh, Matt Murdock will, or Daredevil, we don't know which, will appear in Jessica Jones. So, oh. as Robin and I discussed a minute ago, I like to think that he's going to introduce himself to Jessica Jones and say, oh, yeah, I'm Matt Murdock. Uh, that's my only name. And then he's going to lower his glasses and he's going to give the camera a little wink <laughs> and then just carry on his way. <laughs> right, audience? Right. Ding. <laughs> it's like, an, I want him to have that t-shirt that says I'm not Daredevil. <laughs> I know. I can lend him one. I have two of them. <laughs> In case one is dirty and I can't wear it. 
I think we should all wear them. We should all wear them every time we record. <laughs> all right. I'll make one up. <laughs> right. So anyway, Fright Night Remake was directed by Craig Gillespie, who also directed Lars and the Real Girl and Their oh, Finest yeah. Hour, which um, is coming out this year. I think it's about... Chris Pine in a boat or something. I remember seeing the trailer. Oh, yes. We saw, did the we see accents Ant Man? Yeah, we saw it before Ant Man, and it's full of accents and boats. All the accents. Fine. Yeah. Um, the story was by Tom Holland, who wrote and directed the original Fright Night. Um, also, he is the director of the amazing Stephen King adaptations, The Langoliers, and I also think what was the other one? Oh, Thinner. Well done, Tom Holland. Well done. Uh, <laughs> And the script for this film was written by someone who you guys might be familiar with, Martin Oxen of, uh, yes. of Buffy. I noticed that just at the end after I watched it. <laughs> Very cool. I didn't notice that either, so I was like, oh, this is awesome. And There's I a couple was, of Buffy uh, references in here. <laughs> oh, yeah, there definitely is. I know she snuck a few in. Um, and I also had uh, was very pleased this week because one of our Twitter followers who... Uh, I have written down the name, but I can't find it, so I apologise. I will tell you when I get to it in my notes. But very kindly pointed out that, um, uh, you know, friend of Defenders podcast, uh, Chris Brewster, a.k.a. Charlie Cox's stunt double, is also in this film. So that's cool. That was him on fire at the end. <laughs> and he, uh, and uh, we spoke about this on Twitter, and um, he pointed out that he actually won a couple of awards for his stunts in this film. So I'll tell you more about that when we get to it. But, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Oh, I look forward to talking about that. So, if you get that far, yes, well, Robin might be, be bowing out because he's a wimp and he got too scared to watch the end of this film because it's too scary. That's right. I couldn't make it to the entire movie. That's, that's <laughs> the totally reason why well, I had to bow out. <laughs> should we like not just go through chronologically and you just bring up your points? Yeah, we'll go through chronologically. Oh, we are going through. Okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you might you might not make it then, Robin. Yeah. All right. You just have to to you know just as you say goodbye, just go. Skipping and this and this and this. No skipping ahead yeah. allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Say, and these are all the rest all right. of my notes. Bye. 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 So we start off uh, in the and uh, very fittingly because we are watching this to celebrate uh, David Tennant, who will be playing Kilgrave in the purple in in the Purple Man in Jessica Jones. The first person we see in this film is David Tennant, uh, looking (laughs) like we've never seen him before. Long hair, leather trousers, a beard, on stage in Hard Rock. Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas, looking a bit like a kind of Chris Angel magician. Were you guys surprised? Did you recognize it was him immediately? Not at all. We didn't realize it was him until he took all of his accoutrements off. <laughs> and then wow. he was like shirtless and like whatever. And I was like, I think that might be David Tennant. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's why we're watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he also does talk like later on when he's he's talking, he kind of speaks in a bit of a... Uh, like particularly at first, in like a mockney kind of Russell Brand accent, he's a bit like, yeah, thought, yeah, "I'm Peter Vincent." <laughs> yeah, I thought it might have been like Russell Brand's evil twin or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think he must have been inspired by Russell Brand in this role because you know. I feel like, yeah. But it's funny because have you guys seen the original Fright Night? I can't remember. Nope. Because in the original, nope. this part is played by Roddy McDowell, so he's yeah. he's obviously not running around in leather trousers with a with a beard and a okay. nipple ring or whatever. But uh, he's like much can more just, like old and professor like, isn't he, Robin? Can I just get this out of the way? Okay, go on. <laughs> I love the original Fright Night, and I know you said last week you thought it was cheesy. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, this whole thing where 
Peter Vincent is not a um, you know a, a horror movie host, midnight movies host, uh, and he's like on a stage like uh, you know um, he's actually an old vampire killer talking about the different vampires he's killed. Mm-hmm. But instead, he's like, <laughs> I just want to the movie. O- yeah, when the movie opens, it's like, welcome to Fright Night on stage at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to say right off the bat, I don't want to keep saying it, that the older movie is just, it, it, it pays so much of a huge homage to those classic creature features and doesn't have all this bullshit. <laughs> well, the character so. Peter Vincent is named after Peter Cushing and Vincent Price, so... Exactly! Yeah. Who is but not Chris Angel. <laughs> I think if you're going to have an update, I think I like this update because I like the fact that it's this... It's it's all about... It's all an illusion, it's all fake, and it's this kind of, you know, this big magician. Like, like Chris Angel, it's that kind of character. I, I think if you're going to update it, I like that they've done that. I like. I remember liking Roddy McDowell in the original just because his reactions are hilarious. When he sees stuff so, happen, his reactions are like, like this, you know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, you can't you can't have that kind of a character now because that thing doesn't that kind of a show doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. It's horror hosts, but I mean, besides, as we learned besides from that, too. What? We learned that from Gremlins too, where there's the the guy dressed as Dracula, and he's like, nobody watches my show anymore because the kids <laughs> don't like horror. What did did you like it besides that, Robin? I I basically just thought to myself that if I could just put it out of my mind that this is supposed to be a remake of Fright Night, I I would probably enjoy this movie a lot more. But almost so many turns, I'm like, why did they do this here? Why are they doing this here? What is going on? Why Why did they change this? It doesn't make any sense. I think that happens with most remakes, though, doesn't it? Like, if you watch something yeah. as a remake of something, it's less enjoyable than if you just go watch it as its own film. But I remember yeah. when this came out, and I've never seen either of the movies, mm. it, uh, I remember people being pleasantly surprised by this one. Oh, it's got good reviews. It's written by Marty Knox, and it's, it's well-written. The, the effects are great. The stunts are great, Mr. Chris Brewster. But, um, uh, you know, just call it something different. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like calling the remake of The Karate Kid The Karate Kid when he doesn't even do karate. Ka- karate? Karate, he does kung fu. Yeah. That was annoying. This yeah. movie yeah. is amazing compared to Jaden Smith's Karate Kid. Oh. I'll just say <laughs> Such a better remake. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So, <laughs> so at the start, we have this, uh, we get on the news that someone in northern Las Vegas town of Hillcrest, uh, a man tried to bite a woman and then got scared away by a security guard, which is quite funny. Because uh, I just imagine Colin Farrell like running around going, oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and we see a guy getting thrown about his, uh, his house. We find out later that this is Adam Johnson. Um, his parents are dead in the bedroom. Uh, he does the thing you shouldn't do in any horror films, which a lot of people in this film do, which is hide under the bed, kind of the most obvious place. Um, yeah. But did you guys think that shot it was quite creepy where he's hiding under the bed and he's loading the gun and then like behind him slowly you see the body get moved out of the way? I thought that was really yeah. creepy. Were those his parents? I think so. I think the girl in the first room was his sister, wasn't it? And those were his parents? He was not freaking out at all. <laughs> He's like, my dad's dead facing me face to face. That's okay. <laughs> He's just a he very specific individual, old, old Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a good um, a, a, a good criticism of like people who are like, 
huge supporters of guns, having guns in the house, like, no, put trigger locks on them. Well, you know what? If, if a freaking vampire invades your home, you're going to be screwing up that trigger lock. It's going to be worthless. Why even bother having a gun in the house in the first place? That's, that's yeah. a life lesson from Defenders podcast guys. Like, always <laughs> keep your gun loaded uh, with, you know, the safe yeah, drop in case a vampire breaks into your house. In case Colin Farrell, the, the vampire. vampires, Congress? Jerry the vampire. The <laughs> yes. Jerry the vampire is going to come for you. <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, yeah, he gets killed. He gets, the bed gets thrown, and I think, across the room, and uh, and he gets grabbed. And then cue the credits, and they're made out of floating blood. Lots of floating blood. And also, it's quite Those funny watching this film, because it was done for 3D in the cinema, so you can totally spot where stuff happens in 3D, where they, like, throw something at the camera, and you're like, oh, there's a 3D shot, there's a 3D shot. That's what so, I thought. Yeah, it's kind of like... I, I don't like it in films where it's so obvious that they meant it to be a 3D movie, and they're like, oh, oh, look, this axe, it's flying towards the camera. You're like, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is like the first instance of it with the floating credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we meet Charlie Brewster, uh, uh, played by Anton Yelchin, uh, and he's trying to start a motorcycle and chatting up his neighbour, Doris. Who calls him Cha Cha, which I was like, Ugh. this is the yeah, that's gross. This is the third thing I've seen him in after Terminator and Star Trek. <laughs> I always looks- think he's good in, in in stuff, but he's never found like a breakout role, you know? Yeah, yeah, he uh, he's he looks too old to be a teenager, though. He does. He kind of looks like a weird little old man, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> like. Yeah, I think he's, like, I really enjoy him and stuff. He's great in Charlie Bartlett, um, another film he's in with Robert Downey Jr. But he's never seems to have found a breakout role. He was great doing a, a Kyle Reese in, you know, uh, his take on Kyle Reese in um, Terminator. But, uh, How about uh, House of D, uh, written and directed and starring David Duchovny? Is he in that? Uh, yeah. I have not seen it. It's on my list. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, then we meet. And Robin Williams. Oh no, I'm not watching that. And then we You're meet uh, his mum, played by Tony Collette, uh, who's awesome. Um, we find out Charlie is dating Amy, and Tony Collette is uh, moving some very stake like signposts. It's like, hmm, foreshadowing, maybe? Check out the signpost. If you know it's a vampire movie. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, I didn't realize, I didn't realize until I say, oh, look at that. Is this a vampire movie? <laughs> <laughs> nothing about this. You're like, why are they so suspicious of that neighbor? That Colin, the Colin Farrell, he seems like such a nice guy. What's going on? No, not at all. I was like, he's shady, but I don't know why he's shady. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out as well that Charlie has fallen out with his friend, Ed. Um... So he gets a lift to school with his girlfriend Amy, played by Imogen Poots. That's the worst name. Sorry, Imogen Poots. Why? Why is it so bad? Again, comparing to the old one, it's like she, she, this. This girl looks like a supermodel, whereas the. Never mind. I'll stop comparing. Shut up, Robin. Stop comparing. I haven't seen it. I'm interested in the. Comparison. Yeah, because I like these. Please. <laughs> so good. I like. I, I like eighties piece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I I need. I really want to rewatch it, and I was going to try and rewatch it before this one, but I just ran out of time. So I probably will rewatch it this week at some point. Although um, the original Jerry cameos later, though. Yeah, yeah, he does. But I I know him in my heart as a different role. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, 
So at school, the cool kids, including James Franco's brother, Dave Franco, and some other guy, I don't know his name. That mocked, dude from Modern Family who always plays a dummy. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> My housemate watches Modern Family. I've only seen a few episodes. I just like it because of Ty Burrell because he's hilarious. Uh, but they mock Charlie's mochaccino and his puce shoes. And I was like, I'm glad there's another film that uses the colour puce, because the only time I became aware of the colour puce was in Santa Claus the movie, where John Lithgow made puce lollipops <laughs> as part of his evil plan. What? Yeah. Um, where you horrifically floated into space. Yeah, really dark ending. Horrible. <laughs> so, uh, he did. Just imagine John Lithgow floating in space forever. Terrifying. Yeah, uh-huh. that sounds kind of sad. Yeah, I like John well, he's, gonna, he's obviously going to die. He was a bit of a monster in it. He even, like, smoked a cigar and cackled in a in a really evil way. So you know he's the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he has this weird cameo in Gravity. Anyway. <laughs> Can you imagine if you saw him flying past? That's <laughs> <laughs> me, John Lithgow. <laughs> he's still smoking a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, offers you a lollipop. <laughs> in space where there's no oxygen. Yes. <laughs> he's John Lithgow, he can do anything. That's right. Um, he's awesome. So we find out that there's a couple of kids missing locally, Nick and Adam. And then after class, uh, Ed, played by Christopher Mintz Plus, a.k.a. I mean, everyone just calls him McLovin, don't they? I mean, I don't. going to be forever known as yeah, McLovin. Have. No, I haven't. You have seen that movie. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. Why do you think I've seen it when I haven't? It was years ago, but you, you admit it. You, you I have not. It. It. I have not seen this movie. All right. <laughs> admit it, now. admit it, you know you want to. Uh, plots and such. <laughs> he approaches uh, Charlie about Adam missing, and he says, meet, uh, says to meet at Adam's house after school, and then blackmails him because uh, they used to know each other through cosplay and Farscape conventions, <laughs> which I love. Uh, and he also makes a reference to Ghostbusters with crossing the streams. And they made stupid videos like me and my brother do. <laughs> Your video is so much better because they have your, uh, you guys fighting and they have your dad and Mel cameoing. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, they are awesome. Your dad and Mel beat McLovin and, uh, 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 um, Chekhov, yeah, every time. New Chekhov. New Chekhov, yeah. Um, and apparently Charlie tied Stretch Armstrong around his balls to jerk off. Okay. Yeah. It's quite a technique. Like, why? Why not just use an elastic band? Why strip them? <laughs> Maybe that was all that was available. Ooh. <laughs> Still got it? Like, ooh, you need to... Uh. And he asked for it back, and it's like, no, you don't want it back. You need to burn it in the bonfire. Gross. Um, so Charlie and Amy get home in her in her nice green car, and the mum flirts with uh, a bit with the neighbour, Colin Farrell. Uh, who's introduced... Uh, what do you think, Mel? Do you think he looked kind of foxy in this film? I don't know. It's Colin Farrell. I, I think he's kind of gross, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, I, Aww, yeah. Colin Farrell. He always strikes kind of a douchebag. I just think of him... Whenever I think of him, I think of him in, in Daredevil, and I think of him running around in that, that, that alligator coat, and I just think, oh, he must be really sweaty under the armpit, and it just makes me feel gross. <laughs> But he had, but, but he had the armpit. Didn't he have the armpits cut out though? Yeah, but like that's because they're all sweaty and gross. Like, <laughs> like, you had to air them out. Yeah. <laughs> just probably his lower back was just swimming and uh, like, sweat. 
<laughs> as someone who used to be a goth in my teens and would run around wearing snakeskin trousers, I can attest for the fact that you would sweat buckets in them and oh. in the modern off. And we need to see those pictures. No, no, you really don't. No, no. Don't. I, I was, I was a teenage goth. Is is the horror film I'm going to be in? Like, I was a teenage. <laughs> I was a teenage goth. Um. So apparently, Jerry, Jerry, uh, Colin Farrell does night construction on the strip and compliments Charlie and says it takes a real man to wear puce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Ed uh, texts Charlie with a photo of Charlie wearing some bubble wrap armour and Black Mountain says 10 minutes or else he's going to send it around everywhere. Hmm. And then uh, Colin Farrell uh, eats an apple in a menacing way. And I wrote that uh, <laughs> if the guys from Cinema Sins were talking about this film, they would say that he eats the apple just to show that he's an arsehole. Because they say that if you eat an apple, it means you're an arsehole. <laughs> it's actually an homage to the original film. Um, in uh, in every in many scenes uh, in Fright Night, uh, Jerry Dandridge is seen eating some sort of fruit, just gnawing into it. You know. So that means that he was an asshole in that as well. No, it was just it's the whole primal thing. He's using his teeth. You know, it, it's maybe you know he knows that an apple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's got those teeth to take care of. Exactly. You can make them nice and shiny. <laughs> I assume he gets no nutrition from it, and he's just doing it to be an asshole. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It helps you digest the blood. Oh, okay. You know? hmm. Do you think he has to brush his teeth? Like, if you're a vampire, do you have to brush your teeth? <sighs> I feel like no matter what a vampire does, they'll so even if they had stinky breath, like you'd still fall under their spell because they just have something about them that is charming. He's got to take oh, care. Oh, they would have stinky breath because it's like going to be like coppery blood. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Well, if you're retracting your teeth, you don't want to retract all that like any sort of like you know leftover food or blood back into your gums. I think that would cause like some sort of an infection. That would give you gum disease. Ugh. So I, I would think he'd, he'd need to brush him at least before he retracted. I think he'd have to brush and floss. He's got some sort Does of he weird flossing mechanism. Sure. Does he have to contour his face to brush? Yeah. Like later on when he gets full on shark face? Or, or <laughs> maybe when he like say if he exfoliates as a beauty regime. Oh. He needs to contour his face so that he can exfoliate the full... Face. <laughs> Maybe that's why he looks so young. Maybe. I want to see Shark Face brushing his teeth. Oh. <laughs> it's exfoliating. It's like a mask with like cucumbers on it. Oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> Delete scene. So, um, Charlie arrives um, at the house, at Adam's house, and uh, this is why I never understand why people have dog flaps in their house because, like, like, um, uh, what's his face, McLovin, just goes straight through the dog flap. Um, yeah. So it'd be super easy to break into this house. Why? Why do people have dog flaps? What? Why? Where's the point? Mm, yeah, they just go straight in. And Ed says that Jerry is a vampire, and he's got a full-on Buffy Summers bag of vampire killing stuff. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they're creeping. Evil Ed wasn't like that. <laughs> Evil. I remember Evil Ed in the original being really irritating. So at least. Oh, he's awesome. He's so hilarious. I mean, McLovin drops the You're So Cool Brewster line, but that's it. Oh, I'm going to need Matt and Mel to watch the original and report back. I think we should report back next week, because I need to rewatch it as well. Um, so apparently Ed read all about vampires on Peter Vincent's website, because Peter Vincent is the master of dark forces. Um, and then Charlie pushes Ed and and really gives him a sick burn and says that his life started to get better when he stopped being friends with him. I was like, 
Oh, that's sure. uncalled for. That's, that's, a, that, yeah. That's, and like, this guy's our hero, he's an asshole. Yeah, I know, I, sure. I wasn't, I wasn't on his side at this point. And then Ed skateboards home crying, it's like the saddest thing I've ever seen. And, and it died. <laughs> what what he gets killed. He gets beaten up by, uh, Dave Franco, um, who steals his little Buffy bag, and then he gets, uh, uh, killed by, um, by, uh, Jerry the Vampire. And we get a paint can thrown into the camera just to go, it's 3D, look, 3D, woo mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, So when Jerry walked into the abandoned house now, did you gasp in shock? Uh, I can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Yeah, totally did. I mean, she did. Yeah. I might have. He, he, like, why, why does he just stand in the swimming pool while he comes up to him and turns him into a vampire? Yeah, it's an odd choice. I thought maybe he was going to, like, like try and bless the swimming pool water so yeah, only water be surrounded by it, but he just kind of stands there in the pool. And yeah. uh, turned uh-huh. to a vampire. I think and he could kill that. I, I think he could only bless it if he if he was a priest or whatever. <laughs> if he get ordained on the internet, like uh, Peter Vincent, <laughs> agree later. Yeah, he holds up a little a little certificate. <laughs> internet bitch. <laughs> yeah. It is like. Uh, and is killed off way quick in this movie. Also, yeah. Jerry has uh, has this really creepy helper in the original movie. It's just oh, this yeah, dude that hangs out and that. takes care of things, and he's he's pretty scary himself. Um, and he helps uh, he helps Jerry corner um, Ed in an alley. But Jerry in this film doesn't need a little helper because he's a you know he yeah. is, he's like Bobby Briggs. He's industrious. He gets things done. He moves in and then almost immediately builds his little um, prison room that you get to through the window. Yeah. Completely recklessly throughout this movie, he just does not give a fuck about being discovered. <laughs> Whereas with the original Jerry Dandridge, it was like, you know, you know, he hid during the night, hid during the day, and came out and, you know, it was a whole... But it's Vegas, like, you know, it's not the weirdest thing that's going to be happening in Vegas, is it? That there's a vampire running around. I just think if you're surrounded by, like, hundreds of miles of desert and you need to get the fuck away, you don't want to be doing it in this community. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah, with no helper. <laughs> no helper. But then you get Ed to be his little helper, so there you go. Uh, this movie is lo- like if Neighbors was a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Complete with Dave Franco. I thought you meant Neighbors, the Australian soap opera. Some people listen to that. <laughs> no, That'd no. That would be terrifying. So, Ed gets turned into a vampire, and then the cross floats. 3D, guys, 3D, look. Uh, <laughs> the next morning, the dumpster's gone, and Charlie's sitting in bed watching a little film. Where well, I read, uh, Steven Spielberg actually added that shot with the cross. That's so random. Like, he just turned up on, on the set and is like, I'm going to do this shot. And then he walked away, and it went, oh, the Spielberg has spoken. <laughs> Weird. He walked up into yeah, the headset. That's cool. Um, did you like the video of Evil Edgley as Kid Comeback, Adam Johnson as Gladiator Man, and Charlie Brewster as Squid Man with his bath mat chest armor? Matt? Yes. Yes, it made me <laughs> want to make another movie. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that a bath mat is adequate chest armor when fighting a battle as Squid Man? Yes, if you're using Nerf swords like we do. <laughs> awesome. I would also like you to make another movie. <laughs> I, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan, particularly of the one, the film Lattes. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> my favourite. <laughs> um, so Charlie's watching. He's feeling a bit sad, but it's too late, you know, because his friend is dead, and it's his fault, basically. Yeah. Um, so he sits in class and draws vampires and realizes that Ed's missing. Uh, wanders around to Ed's house that night. Um, 
By the way, Ed's mum in this is played by the singer Lisa Loeb of I Lisa know. Stay from, I the, was so happy. from the 90s. I was Lisa Loeb, I love Very you. Very strange. Which really? is the only song by her I know. Yeah, I can't even remember how it goes. But yeah, that's Lisa Loeb playing. You say. There you go. I only hear what I want, what I want to. to. From oh, the Reality oh. Bites soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, hi, Lisa Loeb. Uh, it's very random that you're here, but okay. Um, and so uh, turn the radio on. It's a show. <laughs> <laughs> that should have played over the end credits. It would have been a bit weird. It would have been yeah, like, right? you know, changing the feel of the film a bit, but okay. Uh, so Ed's laptop shows Peter Vincent's website, and he's got the Jerry files on his laptop that show that Jerry is invisible on video. At this point, Mel, did you work out that Jerry was a vampire? Uh, I think I worked it out beforehand. <laughs> I I don't know I don't know how vampires work in this universe because they seem to, you know, take out an entire town and turn everyone into vampires who I would assume would go on to do that to other towns and like yeah. the entire world would be gone within <laughs> within like a year or two. They'd have to be very dumb vampires. But then also, like, even if they just killed, like, say there's another vampire hunter in another town, and they killed, like, one of the vampires that's gone there, it wouldn't change all the other vampires back, because you, you can only do it if you have this super special stake that, that uh, yeah. Vincent gives him. It's, it's, like a, it's like a pandemic of vampires. It should, you know, take out the entire world, and nobody's concerned that, all, that the entire towns are disappearing. No, uh, everyone's, well, as you said, everyone's very calm in this film, like the guy at the start who sees his parents get killed, and he's just kind of like, oh, that's weird. My, my parents just been killed by a vampire. Hmm. Uh, so Charlie gets back to his home, and Jerry asks him for a beer. And I really like this scene, because Colin Farrell is just sniffing. Like, a, like he's just reminding me of Bullseye in this, because he's just standing at the door being like... <laughs> Like sniffing, and it's. I like the fact that it's like a little cat and mouse thing with him, like holding the beer just out of reach. Yeah, it was funny. I really liked it. It's cool. And Colin Fowles totally like playing it tongue in cheek with being like, "I know that you know that I'm a vampire, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna come and get ya." <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, but it's creepy because he calls Amy and Charlie's mum ripe. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, don't like that. Oh, so in the next scene, Amy uh, is trying to seduce Charlie, but he's a bit distracted because Jerry is talking to Doris, her of the lucky tracksuit bottoms, saying lucky across her butt. Uh, and uh, it's and true, though. Her, if it, yeah, if the word wasn't there. Obviously, it's meant to be read. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, she wasn't really lucky, was she? Not really. Well, she got to have one night of passion with Colin Barrow, I mean, we can guess. By oh, passion, yeah. I mean, you know, get murdered, sort of. That's right, that's yeah. right. I wonder, uh, if he does, I wonder if he does the deed before he kills them, or if he cares about that at all. He didn't do that with, with uh, well, I don't know, did he do that with uh, with um, McLovin? <laughs> oh, maybe. Did he bite him and then take him home? Seduce <laughs> <Yeah>. him, <laughs> give him some roses and chocolates and play some Barry White? Why not? <laughs> um, so Charlie uh, wakes up and he hears screams, so he calls the police, and they just go and chat to Colin Farrell, and I'm, I don't know, like, how he manages to go, oh, no, it's fine, you know, I guess they go in and have a look around, but it didn't even look like they did have a look around, but, okay. Uh, and just vampire charms. Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, and then Jerry drives away. So Charlie breaks into Jerry's house after Googling how to pick a lock, which is hilarious. I love that. <laughs> And then, does anyone know anyone who keeps a spare key under a 
a rock in the yard. No. Yeah. Everybody in a movie. But uh, oh, yeah. at, uh, at the, like, we work for, like, the head office of a retail uh, hardware store, and they sell plastic rocks that people can hide keys under. <laughs> yeah. Well, they hide them inside of them, yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's weird. It is. Why not just hide it under a real rock? rock? Look under, and then you hear something rattling inside. So. Oh, yeah. But also, this makes a question, because when she is chatting, the mum is chatting to Jerry, he is doing some gardening, yeah? So he's, like, doing all this gardening, and he's done all this work on the house. So surely he would have found the plastic rock and disposed of it, because he doesn't want anyone having a spare key to his house. Or he actually put it there, so if he gets locked out, he can have a spare key. Or his little vampire mates, like Ed, can come in and let themselves in. Any of those scenarios make no sense. I don't know what's happening, but I've never got the whole leave a key under the doormat or in a plastic rock or under a gnome or, I don't know, on the top of the door. Makes no sense to me. Uh, So Charlie creeps around looking for Doris. He sees loads of different uniforms, uh, climbs through the back of the wardrobe, meets a fawn called Mr. Tumnus, who says it's always winter in Narnia and never Christmas, and goes and fights fights the White Witch and... Rides on Aslan's back. Is that what happens in that film? I think it is. Oh. Uh, yeah, but finds a creepy little torture corridor. What do you guys think of this? Mm, it was very creepy indeed. Mm. And I was... It didn't appear before that he had been keeping anybody alive, but yeah. As soon as you see this, that's the only conclusion you can draw. He must be keeping people alive. Which but is so it, creepy, just beating it, off them. Ooh. Yeah, but it seems if he bites you once, you start turning into a vampire. So, like, how long can he keep somebody? I don't know, because, like, like it starts super quick later with David Tennant. Like, he gets bitten by the other people, and then, like, literally a few minutes later, he's like, oh, I'm turning into a vampire. Oh. Well, even, well, even this lady, too, didn't she basically... Well, I guess it was the night before, I guess, she got there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Oh, no, it was that night, because it's still night when uh, Charlie goes over there, and I think the sun's just rising when they leave, because then she explodes into, like, you know, vampire dust or whatever. Which which was pretty awesome, I thought. Yeah, that's one of the only things I remember from watching this film in the cinema was her... Because I didn't know that was going to happen. I was like, whoa! Um, But also, in this uh, scene, I like the fact that Jerry obviously enjoys watching uh, Real Housewives on uh, TV. Because uh, he's sitting watching one of the Real Housewives, I don't know which one. Um, but we get a few jump scares in there with the hand like against the the window and stuff, and um, oh, and it's really sad oh. when Jerry's feeding on Doris and she kind of like like tells Charlie to be quiet, like puts her yes. I was like, oh, that's really sad. Mm. That was actually really cool. I, yeah, I like that part too. Yeah, yeah. So when they creep out the house. Uh, Colin Farrell's just like, lets them go, because as soon as they hit the sunlight, Doris explodes into a, a bajillion pieces of dust and fire and blood and grossness. I like 3D that. dust! Yeah. 3D! The, can- the blood did come right at the camera. Yes, it did. And uh, we know, again, we're reminded again that Jerry is an asshole because he eats another apple and watches them leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a villain. I'm eating my apple. Uh, also, didn't uh, Kiefer Sutherland in The Lost Boys eat one of the guys that he killed's head a bit like an apple? <laughs> Maybe yeah. vampires just really like apples. There you go. Um, yeah. When, uh, Chris, Pine, Chris Pine playing James Kirk doing the Kobayashi Maru uh, ate, uh, ate an apple while I was doing an that. Apple to say I'm was, an asshole. I don't know. I think it's more of like a cocky thing. Is, it, is cockiness always being an asshole? Just, I just feel bad for these apple-eating people just being classified like this. Who else eats, who else eats apples? 
horses, Mr. Ed? Is he an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what's Comet the problem with horses? Comet from Briscoe, he's definitely not an asshole. He's, yeah, he's so the best horses assholes. He only eats green apples, just like, just like uh, this vampire. Yeah, maybe they are one in the same. Comet's a vampire. You know yeah. why? Ate a red apple when it killed her, because she's obviously so pure and good, she cannot eat the fruit of assholery and survive, <laughs> so she fell into a coma. <laughs> Not an ounce of cockiness to her. Yeah. <laughs> She's too pure. The apple just basically killed her. <laughs> there we go. Solved. <laughs> Solved it. So Charlie goes home. His bedroom is absolutely covered with photos of people on skateboards. He's like, okay, calm down. Uh, and uh, warns his mum against Jerry. And then he goes to the library and Googles Peter Vincent and Peter Amy Vincent's asks... Vampire Slayer. He goes, yeah. goes up like, oh, Marty Knoxon wrote this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so is he, he an goes, illusionist or, or is his show just about vampire slaying? He's an illusionist, but his show is like a base like, on him being a vampire slayer. So I don't know what kind of tricks he does because it looks like he just makes people float, but then it's with wires. So I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know. I would like to go and see his show, though. Because <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It looks like that uh, music video for uh, Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love, you know, with the woman floating. <laughs> <laughs> will you raise me up? Will you help me down? That's what it looked like at the start, I thought, anyway. Um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, we watched that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just remember the woman floating in the air and singing. I don't know. Uh, it was number one in the UK for like six months or something ridiculous. So you saw it a lot on Top of the Pops. Uh, so Amy says to him, what are you working on? And he says, porn. I, I like to think that this is the conversation that Mulder and Scully have a lot in the X-Files. Where Scully's like, what are you working on, porn? Yes. Well, thank you, Robin. He never admits it. She just knows it. <laughs> yeah, he, he just hides it from her. Um, yeah, he's not so, open. <laughs> when he watches his big Bigfoot porn, which he did in one episode, gross. Uh, so Charlie arrives at the Hard Rock Hotel and so. steals a security badge. And we can see the rehearsal of Peter Vincent's uh, show. And David Tennant appears in flames, which is amazing. And sh- shouts, get back, demon! <laughs> And I'm I'm jumping up and down. I'm clapping my feet. I'm not clapping my feet. That would be weird. <laughs> I'm dancing. I'm, <laughs> I'm becoming a chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm actually devolving. <laughs> um, apparently, I'm going <laughs> The show goes wrong. Uh, he kind of is very Russell Brand in this bit. Um, yeah. What did you think of him playing his kind of Russell Brand character? I liked it. I think he's delightful. Are you okay now? <laughs> I'm still laughing about the monkey thing. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of me turning into a chimp and clapping by <laughs> the TV. I think That's how delighted David Tennant makes me. So what happens next? Oh, Charlie tries to get an interview, uh, and he gives him ten minutes. And then this is when we get shirtless tenant, and apparently Matt and Mel realise that it's David Tennant. Yes! <laughs> uh, Matt noticed that he's got, like, I don't know what it is, like an appendicitis scar or something? I don't know. Wolf Barrel has the same, like... The same weird indent, indent in, in his, his yeah. abdomen. Yeah, on the lower right-hand side. Yeah. Maybe. My friend had his appendix out. I can't remember where the scar is, though. I don't know if it's... It's not just a scar, it's like a weird indent. Pure muscle. It's only on one side, too. Yeah. But I, I, I really like the scene because he, like, I just like when he's, like, taking off his, 
<laughs> he's taking taking off more and more stuff. Yes, it's great. I love it. Doesn't he like? He takes like the is it a nose ring or eyebrow ring or nipple ring or eyebrow something, ring. and he like flicks it at <laughs> Antonio's yeah. head. Like, yeah. And like also, a- um, this is uh, I think the introduction of my favorite character in the scene, which is Ginger, is my favorite character in this film. <laughs> she's played delightful. by uh, played by Sofia Vergara's sister. Is it? Oh, I didn't know Doesn't that. Sounds just like her. <laughs> yeah, it does sound just like her. You're right. But I love her. I just love the fact that her and David Tennant are just like, fuck off the whole like time through it. And yeah. later on, I love that she just like sits in bed and watches like Mexican soap operas and eats ice cream. <laughs> She's delightful. And uh, uh, I got to say, my favorite part in the scene is David Tennant saying, I'm not going to join your Scooby gang. Yes. <laughs> oh, Martin Oxen. I wonder if Martin, Martin Oxen should have appeared in this and sung about... Um, what did she sing about in Once More With Feeling? Parking Ticket. Parking Ticket. There we go. She could have totally done that. That would have been cool. Uh, so, uh, Charlie asks Lisa him about... Lisa sick together. Yeah, aww. <laughs> uh, Charlie asks him about killing vampires. And, like, is, is it is David Tennant necking absinthe in this scene? Because it looks like he's <laughs> drinking absinthe, but he's properly necking it. And I was like, look, I like absinthe as well. But if you're drinking it like that, you're going to, like, go full-on loads out of carnival and turn yourself blind. Like, what's happening? <laughs> he's just, like, drinking it. And later on, he's got it in a hip flask and he's drinking it. And I was like, what, what is happening? He's That's just it. so badass. Yeah. That's why. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and he even soaks his towel in spirits and removes his tattoos as well, which is cool. I didn't um, know that part. Yeah, he's at the bar and he's, like, pouring spirits on a towel and I was like, what, what is he doing? And then he's, like, removing the tattoo off his neck because he's yeah, got, like, all so pencil tattoos or something on his neck, which is hilarious. It was like they were going through this whole checklist of all the douchey Chris Angel things that he wears and it's like, okay, good, remove the douchey hair and the stupid goatee and the eyebrow ring and then the neck tattoos. I was like, oh, good, I can actually take this character seriously. And he complains <laughs> about um, leather pants. Yeah. Oh, it just to... really digs in. Yeah. <laughs> he just grabs the crutch and kind of wiggles it about a bit. He's <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Uh, and so he gets Ginger to chuck Anton Yelchin out. Uh, so Charlie's going a bit a bit loopy by this point and fills the room with crucifixes. Um, and then, like, the two, the two douches, uh, Dave Franco and friend, modern family guy, are sitting in the car watching, and he tells him that once he dreamt he was being chased by carrots armed with machetes. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> but that happens, you, you know. What, what carrots armed themselves with machetes? No. What you want about my <laughs> No, weird dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what do you know that we don't? What's happening? You know, it's just a part of my everyday life. <laughs> the great carrot conspiracy. <laughs> The great Whatever carrot militia. Quake and fear. Oh no! <laughs> All right, with that, I really need to. I need to sign off, guys. Oh, have a good rest of the show. What would you score this this film out of uh, out of ten, Robin? If this was a an original film, I'd probably give it like a eight out of ten because it's there's some really fun parts, uh, but you know maybe like a seven because uh, yeah, the villain. Really, it has no interest in self-preservation at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like fuck you, everybody, and blows everything up. Like, oh my god. Anyway, um, uh, but uh, in comparison to the original, maybe like a four point five. Whoa. Okay. I and mean, how come many? On, the original and, is amazing. And how many kill graves would you give David Tennant out of ten? 
David Tennant's performance alone was a lot of fun. I would say 10 out of 10 Kilgraves. Yay! As long as, actually, 9.5. I wish he had changed the name of the character <laughs> to, like, I don't know, Russell uh, Chris Copperfield. <laughs> yeah, Russell, Russell Angel. <laughs> Russell, yeah, Copperfield Angel, man. All right. All right. Catch you guys. And now you are dismissed. Uh, disappear in a puff of smoke. You ready, Robin? Three, two, one. Kazam! So then the two douches get killed by Jerry. I don't know why. Why does he kill them? He just kills everyone. Like I said, he's taking it. <laughs> and vampires could not feasibly work like this for real. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, his mum comments that Charlie's room looks like a scene out of Dark Shadows. And I was like, well, I hope she's talking about the... Uh, the original TV series and not the horrifically bad uh, Tim Burton movie because that movie's terrible. Don't watch it. That's a life lesson from Defenders podcast. Okay. It's terrible. Now, I don't want you to watch it. I don't want you to be ruined. I won't watch it, I promise. Good. Uh, so, uh, then Jerry arrives to say that uh, Charlie is harassing him and the mum uh, sticks up for Charlie. Okay. I was glad. There's so, that moment. There's <laughs> I that moment. Like, is she going to believe her son? Even though he's sounding crazy. Oh, or this this very odd, very pale, but slightly attractive uh, next-door neighbour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, at this, Jerry kind of goes a bit a bit crazy. And <laughs> runs out, gets a spade, and uh, and runs out into the back garden. And is digging, like, like, like chunks of ground, like the size of cars, are flying like, up in the air. It's like he's playing Minecraft. really <laughs> <laughs> Taking out big chunks of gravity. <laughs> this is the origin of Minecraft, was uh, Colin Farrell in this film. Yes. The director was like, I had a phone call saying, can we develop this as a game? And he was like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, pulls out the gas pipe and uh, sets it on fire and explodes the house. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, that's one way to get in the house. It would have blown up in his face too, wouldn't it, at the same time? So, because this gas is like right there, unless he like managed to fly away like a bat or something. I don't know. Me, mm. or jumped away. <laughs> we can see that he can like jump and run around on the ceiling and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened to those good old fashioned vampires that turn into bats? I know all the ones in Lost Boys that don't turn into bats, but when they go to sleep, they hang up on the ceiling with the little bat feet. I love that. Aww. But I never understood that when they fly away, they like magically have boots on. Because when they have bat feet, they're like bare bat feet, but they have these really cute little bat feet. It's like, oh, delightful. Um, I love that film. So (laughs) then they all run to the car and Jerry attempts to chase on uh, Charlie's crap little bicycle, but it's broken. So he throws it out of the car in 3D and it flies through the back window. Uh, that was that was startling. It was very startling. Did you did you watch the did film you? and say, "Whoa, I was very startled." Yes. <laughs> that, that was Matt's review. I was startled. Oh my, I was startled. Because <laughs> you think they got away, and you're like, the camera angles and stuff started making it seem like he was going to appear again, but no, he didn't appear. The bike appeared through the back window. Yeah. I like this uh, this scene, though, because it's got, like, the panning shot in the car where it just pans around them talking. I thought it was really cool. Mm. Um, and uh, and we get the uh, the line from uh, uh, Charlie's mum, which is, I hate the fucking desert. Now I have a psycho next door. I'm like, <laughs> okay. 
it's not just because you're in the desert, but right. Yeah. Uh, so we get quite an awesome chase scene here. They run him over, they run Jerry over, and they leave a trail of blood behind. So we're like, oh, he's blatantly under the car. Of course. Uh, did you like it when his his vampire hand with with long vampire nails came through the? the oh, that's gross. Grosser <laughs> <laughs> than vampire nails. <laughs> Or as Charlie calls it, a fucked up vampire hand. That's yeah. right. <laughs> now do you believe me? <laughs> so are you instantly mistrustful of any men that have all long nails, Mel, because you think they might I, be a vampire? I hate it when Matt doesn't cut his nails, because his nails are really hard, and he's just like, he'll always end up scratching me. Sorry. By accident. Do Matt, you, what are your nails made of? It's you usually... Adamantium? It's usually my toenails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you usually take a chunk of skin off my leg, and I'm just like, ah! Oh. <laughs> Matt, why are you kicking Mel in, in your sleep? What's happening? <laughs> no, he's just like, he puts his leg, like, over mine, and then I'm like, ah, gross! Get away! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you, Mel. I hate it when people have long toenails. I don't get it. Why do you want long toenails? Yeah, I, don't, I don't want long toenails. I just, my socks are always on, so I don't, never notice that I have long toenails. Gross. Your toenails start growing through your socks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. like that dude that was on Guinness Book of Records, the ah! old skin guy that had, like, the long curly nails, <laughs> and his wife was like, that's what he wants to do, so I'll support him. Oh. Is that what I'm going to have to do? <laughs> you need to chainsaw those nails off of him in the night. Because it's so gross when people have super long nails that they're that long that they start growing curly and they're super thick and bumpy and brown. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. not that bad. No, <laughs> if ever you get that bad, I am divorcing you. <laughs> that was in your vows on your wedding day. <laughs> that was part of my uh, what should I call it there? My uh, oh, what do you call that? Your vows? <laughs> no, no, no. Your, uh, your prenup. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, prenup, like, no long I'm, toenails. If, long, if you get really long toenails, I'm divorcing you and I'm taking the cats with me. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so Jerry stands up under the car. Um, and Oh, but they grabbed a car driven by Chris Sarandon. And as Robin said earlier, he is the original Jerry in the original Fright Night. But in my heart, he'll always be Prince Humperdinck from The Princess Bride. Aww, really? Aww, yeah. He's Prince Humperdinck. What's his name? Sarandon? Chris Sarandon. Is he related to Susan Sarandon? I don't know, actually. I should know that, but I don't. Are you looking it up? No, I can. I I will look it up. You continue, I'll look it up. Uh, so Jerry stands up under the car and has creepy CGI face. He's like, ah! Um... He kind of has like, like a, like I, I don't really think the CGI is that great in this film. And he kind of has a grinning like shark face. And I kind of laughed at it because I was like, look at your face. <laughs> like, it's like the shark out finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I speak oh, an Aussie accent. He's Susan Sarandon's first husband. Oh. oh. They've divorced in 1979. Wow. And she kept, she his, kept name. his name. Yeah. Well, because her and Tim Robbins aren't married, are they? Well, they didn't marry. They were like Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. They just, you know, lived in sin yes. <laughs> for years. Yeah. Chuck Hart. Uh, I think, didn't he voice uh, the Pumpkin King in Nightmare Before Christmas as well, when he's talking? Not when he's singing, because that was Danny Elfman. I'm not I think sure. he did. I can't remember. He's Prince Humperdinck in my heart. Humperdinck, 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 Humperdinck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so Charlie decides to challenge Jerry and uh, 
And Jerry manages to fake him out with the cross where he's like, ah, it burns, it burns. Ah, come on, crosses don't work me, whatever. Throws him like three miles down the road and, you know, that would break his back. But yeah. So then uh, Tony Collette is a bit of a badass and stakes him with Chekhov's signpost. So wait a minute, crosses don't work, but holy water does? I don't get this. I don't get it either. And also, if crosses don't work, then why does Charlie cover um, the hospital room later with crosses? Yeah. It kind it's of, not going to do anything. It kind of worked. His hand burned. But yeah, it was just a minor annoyance. Mm. But he also he also mentioned something about, do you have faith? So maybe it only works if you... You believe. You know believe. what George Michael said? He said, you've got to have faith for faith for faith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did say that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really believed him, but... <laughs> Oh, if only, people, how, if only people had listened yeah. <laughs> to the message. Yeah. That's how it works in the Salem's Lot, is you got to have oh, faith, yeah. the cross to work. Oh, but yeah. The faith, the faith, the faith. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. isn't the vampire in that, he's called Mr. Barlow, and that yeah. just makes me laugh, because now I just think of, like, Mr. Gary Barlow from Take That, the, the band, who you guys <laughs> might not know, but uh, is a very popular English uh Man band because they're not a boy band anymore because they're they're old so they're a man band. Take that and party. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Matt, I'm I'm impressed with your knowledge. <laughs> uh, and uh, Gary Barlow also wrote the song at the end of Stardust that was all about stars and you and me. What was it called? You and me, we can fly in the sky. We can rule the world. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he wrote that song, Stardust, that's all about stars in dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song was, all we are is dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, then uh, Charlie like manages to drive off, flipping the other car completely over so it lands on Jerry. Yeah, that's... Like, that's impressive. That doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know how he did that. Nope. <laughs> nope. An expert stunt driver. That's like I've tried that and like many times <laughs> with my dad's car and it doesn't. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Uh, so then we're back in Vegas and uh, Peter Vincent is brooding in his chair uh, and then he looks at uh, Charlie's photos that he left and we see that he's got a little sec- super secret safe and he has a matching drawing of the the thing that was in uh, Jerry's house and we also see Ginger's butt as well in 3D. <laughs> 3D bar? Would have been 3D bar. It's like in the film, uh, uh, which film is it? Oh, the Friday the 13th remake, there's a scene where the two of the teenagers that are getting killed are having sex, and the woman's got massive breasts, and they're clearly only there, and that scene's only there because it was in 3D. Oh, wow. I don't, you know, and you're like, because this is here for no other reason, but it's obviously like, whoa, it's in 3D, 3D boobs. They must have 3D porno out there. Oh, they must, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, like, gigantic cocks, like, coming at you. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, coming to cinema soon. Coming to IMAX. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Can you imagine? That would be tough. IMAX porno to see there. (laughs) Oh, my God. IMAX 3D porn. So we see that the mum is in the hospital unconscious. I don't know why she's unconscious, because she seemed to just get, like, whiplash, but... Like, she's in a coma? I was like, how did that... I don't know. I missed how that happened. Uh, Charlie blames himself for what happened to Ed, which he... I was like, you should, because you're an arsehole. Um, and then we find out that uh, 
uh, Amy and Charlie go to Peter Vincent's and he tells them that uh, he recognised the symbol because it's from a particular Mediterranean species of vampire. Uh, okay. And then uh, we find out that they've got a delivery downstairs that Ginger goes to get, and then uh, they go, uh, "Don't you uh, don't you think it's a bit late for delivery?" And he's like, mm, "Yeah, maybe." So, what did you guys think when um, <clears throat> we see that it's Evil Ed as a delivery man? I thought it was interesting. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> he's been raiding um, Colin Farrell's wardrobe of uniforms. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting that they brought him back, kind of to make. Uh, I was waiting this whole time. Make new Chekhov feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting this whole time to see if the vampires work that way. If you become a vampire or not. It's. Uh, I think in the if I remember in the original, I'm pretty sure that the Peter Vincent character goes up against Evil Ed and sees like what he thinks is a red-haired woman lying in a bed. And, and listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, and Robin can correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a long time since I've seen it. So Peter Vincent goes up, and it's a bit like Red Riding Hood, like pulls back the duvet, and it's not actually like Grandma in the bed, it's Evil Ed wearing a red wig, <laughs> pretending to be a woman. Oh, oh that's <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember why that happens, but I remember that, and I was just like, okay, this is strange. Um, but this is the end of Ginger, sadly. Oh, she never got to finish her ice cream or Mexican soap opera. Shouldn't she come back as she a vampire? come back... But she would, uh, I guess, be... Oh, yeah, she should, really. But then I guess she would be changed back if... Oh, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I think at the end she would have been changed back. Yeah. I think he just kills her. So Peter Vincent grabs a crucifixion nail, and and you think he's going to fight, and then he runs away and hides in the panic room, which I love. So, oh, David Tennant. So lame. Oh, he's so crap. <laughs> he should have held the, the crucifixion nail like the sonic screwdriver and made sonic screwdriver noises. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, then uh, Jerry turns up as well and kills the guard, which we see on the video, which is pretty cool. Because either he was CGI'd out, or that that actor was like throwing himself all over the place, which is amusing to think about. Um, hmm. And they, Amy and Charlie, squash Ed with a cabinet, which made me laugh because he's kind of like monologuing, and then they push the cabinet on him, and he just goes, "Ah, fuck!" <laughs> it made me laugh. He gets really uh, fucked up in this. <laughs> he does, because he loses his arm in the door, doesn't he? And then his head nearly comes off. Yeah, and his head's kind of flopping around, and then when he's on top of Charlie, he can't reach him to bite him. He's just like, ah, yeah, 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 like that. He doesn't seem to heal as fast as Colin Farrell, or, or he didn't seem to heal at all, actually. That's because he? he is just the Padawan, and Colin Farrell is the Jedi. <laughs> the vampire Jedi. He's the head vampire, so... Yeah, exactly. Um... So then Amy gets a gun and some silver bullets and shoots Jerry. And even, I mean, everyone in the audience must have been going, that's werewolves. And even looks like, uh, werewolves. I could have sworn I've, I've heard or, or read or seen some fiction where silver bullets hurts vampires as well. Like it silver bullets. your days as a vampire hunter, Matt. Yes. Oh. Talking from real life experiences. Nice. Nice. I've killed many vampires with silver. That was before I met you. <laughs> You uh, you took him away from his vampire killing days. I did. I was like, hey, you're done with that. I, you know, I can't be worrying about you're, you. Everybody. You're just going to be my husband now and cook for me and sweep the yep. floors. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's all he's good for now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then Peter Vincent is still in the panic room and he sees dead ginger on the screen and cries. And I was like, oh, David Tennant, it's okay. <laughs> Um, Ed's head is hanging off and Amy tells him that he needs to stake Ed so he does through the heart 
and he turns normal, and then he turns into Ash. And again, I thought the CG was a bit... It's it's fine. It's fine, but it's not great, I think. Um, So Charlie and Amy run, and they end up running through the club from Blade. It actually looked like there was music going on, and people are jumping up and down. And Jerry kidnaps Amy. And I thought this scene was quite good, because it's quite tense. Because I remember seeing this in the cinema and thinking, well, he's not going to kill her. He's not going to kill the girlfriend. But he does. And I was like, oh. And, like, the fact that the boyfriend, like, sees it happen, I thought was really good. Yeah, yep. I thought that was disturbing. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the bit, you know, where Doris is killed and she puts the finger to her lips and Charlie sees. It's like, I don't know, it just made me go like, oh, oh, that was, yeah. Mm. Uh, and then to make me feel better, in the next scene, uh, David Tennant is wearing jeans and a T-shirt and a little hoodie, and he looks really beautiful. Just saying, guys. <laughs> uh, and so Peter Vincent is packed up to leave. Look, my, my crush on David Tennant goes back to, like, when he was in Scottish soap operas. Like, it goes back a very long time, when he was dressed up as Kiki D and singing Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Uh, which is a thing that happened. Is a thing that happened. Um so he's going to leave and Charlie confronts him and uh, uh, Peter Vincent says that when he was a kid his parents were killed by vampires so he bought all the vampire stuff to seem like a badass and then he made himself believe they were pretend I don't really understand that like wouldn't he go full like I'm gonna kill vampires rather than pretend they're not real type thing I don't know didn't make any sense to me Uh, and he says he's a realist not a coward um, and then he gives him a stake that was blessed by St. Michael. But can I just say, if he gets all this stuff on eBay, how does he know it's real? He doesn't. Mm. Unless unless he can, like, I don't know. Well, I don't know how you could prove something like well, that. Well, it sounds like he, yeah, I guess he would know about that stuff. But it, he does know, it sounds like he does know that vampires are really just blocked it or something. Did he block it out? I don't know. Like, he seems to know of them, but just says that, you know, he's kind of, pretended that they weren't real I don't know he's just trying to I don't know he's just trying to get on with his life and live his rich life I guess um so he tells Charlie that he's going to need to torch Jerry and then stake him so Charlie's like oh I have an idea um so he goes to the tool store and I this is my favorite line of the film did you guys write this down what he was says, it again? He says to the guy in the store, he puts down all this stuff on the counter, and he says, going to kill a vampire. And the guy in the store says, good for you. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I like this guy. He's <laughs> like, yeah, people come in here all the time buying vampire killing stuff. The Frog Brothers from Lost Boys are in here every weekend. <laughs> uh, so then Charlie is armed and breaks into Jerry's house and goes to the little, the little creepy cell room through the wardrobe, finds Amy locked in a cell, uh, but she falls through a surprise trapdoor. I was like, so you have, you've built trapdoors in here as well, Colin Farrell? Oh, okay. Because I guess then, like, when he's changed someone into a vampire, he releases them into the basement and they bury themselves. <laughs> they become a vampire and then they come out. I, I don't, do the I don't Minecraft, They do the Minecraft thing into the wall. <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, so um, they go down. A piece of Vincent arrives and he's armed and is really badass. And then they climb down the trapdoor to the cellar, um, where there's lots of skulls everywhere. Is there like um, another house down there? I, uh, yeah, because there's doors and crocs. So first of all, I thought it was like the cellar. And yeah. then I was like, well, maybe it's like the gap that houses have in the States. We don't tend to have. I think you guys have them as well. You know, where the house is slightly raised, so you have steps up to the front door, so you have that bit under the the house. Oh, like a crawl space. Like a crawl space, yeah, because we don't, we don't really have those. But then there's a door under there. So I was like, well, 
I don't, I don't understand. I think it's meant to be the the basement. The basement, but he's like also like excavated a cavern around the basement. Yeah, but then also when Charlie shoots the ceiling, light streams in directly as though it's coming through the ceiling. Yeah. But all the windows were blacked out. Charlie broke the windows, but it's like it's coming through a sky. It's very weird. I don't understand. Well, that's, well if, yeah, if he excavated out away from his basement, then oh, he yeah, would be true. excavated into his yard. But then how would like how would people not fall through the yard when they walk? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It makes no sense. Um, I like that Charlie has a crossbow with a torch on. I was like, that's practical and deadly. I like it. Uh, Jerry picks up. Peter Vincent and throws him and then locks him in a room with Amy. Hmm. Did you like the little, uh, the fact that Jerry recognised Peter Vincent and is like Judge Doom at the end of Roger Rabbit? He's like, but I killed your family! I talked just like this! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know. Obviously. It seemed like a big coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, come on. I can understand if... if if David or Peter Vincent had been tracking this guy forever, but if for him to just like run into him again. Well, so you think seeing as he's been around for so many years, like 400 years or whatever, Colin Farrell, and he seems to be like the big daddy vampire, that he would be better at being a vampire because <laughs> he's not very good. Yeah. Like we were saying, he doesn't really care if people find him, really. Mm. But, okay. Uh, you know, he just attacks Dave Franklin. He's what? Yeah, he's just grown tired of his uh, vampiring days and he's just growing careless. Oh, he's lonely. Oh, that's why he's made a little family of vampire children. That's right, uh, but they don't satisfy him. Oh. I love that he throws a pebble at David Tennant's head. Yes. David Tennant's just like, uh, what? <laughs> and because of that, the little drop of blood hits the ground, and we see all the vampires are rising everywhere. Vampires everywhere. Uh, meanwhile, vampire Amy is trying to bite Charlie. And Peter Vincent has a steak gun, which is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it starts to malfunction because he bought it on eBay. <laughs> um, and then what happens? Oh, Charlie stakes Amy, but misses on purpose. And I forgot that he missed on purpose. I honestly thought that he killed her at this point. Mm. I was like, oh. Um, and then Charlie shoots the ceiling to let in the sun. So him and Peter Vincent make a little, there's a little bit of uh, sunlight and they hide in that. Um, and Peter Vincent is starting to turn to a vampire because his nails are starting to smoke or something. Yeah. And Jerry walks around and does a James Bond villain monologue. And it's like, what? Just kill them. Just kill them. No, he had to talk. <laughs> See? Well, he, always. There is light. He, couldn't get, he couldn't get to them. But he could have picked up the, the, the stake gun or the stakes that were in the other vampires and threw them, thrown it at the guys, and that would have killed them. True. See? Or he could have picked up one of his little vampire children, thrown the vampire child, thrown, picked up Dave Franco, thrown Dave Franco at Charlie and Peter Vincent, could have sacrificed Dave Franco, he didn't care about him, but that would have made them go into the dark and then killed them, see? I'd be a better vampire than Colin Farrell. You would. Why, don't you, why aren't you a vampire? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of just hard making the contacts, because the people don't advertise it when they're vampires, you know, so if any vampires are listening, I'm, I want to be a vampire, I'll join you. <laughs> just just put out a wanted ad. I want to be a vampire. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sure I will get nothing but completely normal sane responses <laughs> to that advert. <laughs> oh, I'd like to try that sometime. You should do it. 
Yeah. It's oh, like no. when uh, the comedian Danny Wallace did an ad in the paper that just said, join me, and then had, uh, I think, an email address. And then loads of people joined him, even though they didn't know what they were joining. And then he what? made a, a cult of kindness. And it's basically their only mission is to do nice things for people on Fridays. That's really nice. It's so, it's so cute. I was a member once. I probably Aww. slept. I didn't you know, officially join or leave. But all you did was did nice things for people on Fridays. That's really cute. I like that. So cute. I know. I like, I like random acts of kindness. So maybe I wouldn't yeah. be a very good vampire after all. <laughs> You're I'm like going to turn you into a vampire, but here's a nice bunch of flowers. Oh, thanks. Aww. And then now I'm going to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to steal blood from the rich and give it to the poor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the Robin Hood Nosferatu thing. <laughs> uh, so Charlie starts putting on his heat-resistant outfit, and then Peter Vincent lights him up. And Charlie attaches himself to Jerry, and they fly around the room. And this was awesome. I loved it. He's burning for much too long to to not get burned, though. Well, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know if this is like meant to be fire retardant outfit, but I mean, and it wouldn't have I, caught fire, right? Would, oh yeah, true. I don't know. I think it's awesome. I love that it's like practical stunt work, you know, because mm-hmm. I always love practical stunt. I think mean, that's why. The CGI in the movie, I'm a bit like, you know, because I just don't really get excited by CGI. Um, but whereas if it's uh, any practical work, I, I love it. It just, I, you know, I enjoy it so much more. Um, you know, practical effects are so much better. They are. So this film won two World Stunt Awards in 2012, um, the Taurus Award. They won Best Firework and Best Fire Stunt. And that was uh, for Chris Brewster, uh, obviously from Daredevil, and Mark Aaron Wagner, who uh, Chris said on Twitter is a friend of his. And I think it's awesome. I don't know which one played which, like which one doubled for um, Anthony Elch and which one doubled for um, Colin Farrell, but I'd like to find out. I'll have to ask him. But yeah, I love this bit because it was like practical effects, and I love practical effects. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Matt was asking why he didn't set Colin, F- why they didn't set Colin Farrell actually on fire, and yeah. I said that's because he's too sweaty, ah! like, he's just too flammable. What if he? Or maybe it's just, maybe it would put the fire out immediately. What if he sweats like too damn. You <laughs> <laughs> can't light him. He's too damn. <laughs> he's all slippery. Ah! <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Uh, so then Peter Vincent hits the roof and the sun hits Jerry and Charlie stakes him in the heart because his heart is like visible now. And then, yeah, and then this made me laugh because like Colin Farrell's like full CGI shark face vamp now and he like roars into the camera and explodes. But before he explodes, like half of his face goes normal and he's got one Colin Farrell eye and it cries one little blood tear and it really Aww. made me laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, meh, you ruined my party. Meh. I'm going to cry one manly blood tear. It hurts being on fire and being staked in the heart. Does he bad guys, like, really often, Colin Farrell? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty often. Yeah. Well, he plays, like, he's good at playing, like, douchebags, you know, even if he's not the villain, like the guy out of, um, uh, Phone Booth. Okay. Yeah, he's a douchebag in that. I mean, he's not, like, a bad guy, he's just a douchebag. And, like, okay. in, uh, in Bruges, one of my favourite films with him in. I love him in that. Hmm. If you haven't seen that, I recommend you guys watch it, because I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Um, I think so. Rouge. You could watch him in A Winter's Tale, the the uh, the film I mentioned previously. In Did which, you tell us not to? 
it is a. I'm definitely going to now make it part of my Christmas watching every year because it is delightful, and that is so bad. Will Smith plays the devil. Um, uh, who else is in it? Russell Crowe is doing an Irish accent. Uh, I think. What? Um, and Russell Crowe's like a demon who communicates through light and. I think, I've got a feeling at the end he might, I mean, spoilers for a winter's tale if anyone's bothered. I think at the end Russell Crowe turns into snow, he like becomes a snowman. (laughs) And Colin Farrell has a flying horse that he flies around New York. And at one point he has sex with a girl which kills her, so he basically like screws her to death. (laughs) So, watch that film, guys. (laughs) I'll do that. It's it's delightful. It's great. <laughs> so, Vampire Jerry is dead. All the others are all healed. Dave Franco wakes up and is like, oh, where am I? Oh. Um, David Why did he get to live and then that nerdy kid get yeah, to die? Yeah, that's not really fair. Yeah, I don't know. He's got to live with what he's done. <laughs> I hope he lives with the guilt of what he did to Eddie. Yeah. yeah he, won't, he won't learn anything. No, he's too, too stupid. Poor Eddie. Poor Ed. Um, then we see Charlie, they're trying to wake him up. David Tennant kisses him when he wakes up and calls him shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're a lot of shit. I was like, aw, aw, everything's all good. So, yeah. then apparently Charlie and Amy move into David Tennant's house. <laughs> Weird. Uh, it's almost uh, like he's letting them use his house for sex. Yeah, because, like, really they're weird. in his bed about to have sex. And then David Tennant walks in, and he's wearing a, his sort of black outfit, his, you know, the one that he wore on the show, but he's not wearing all his, you know, fake sideburns and nipple rings and whatever else. Um, and he looks super hot, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, but yeah, but he's kind of like, oh, I'll see you crazy kids later, bye. And I was like, well, is he moving out? Has he given them the house? Is he just like, oh, I'm just nipping down the shops to buy some Doritos. You guys have fun while I'm out having sex. Bye. I was like, what is happening? Are they now a threesome? What's what's going on? <laughs> is that why he kissed Charlie at the end? Oh. They're inviting him into their relationship? That would be cool. Oh. Isn't it Fright Night too? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we get credits and a version of 99 Problems plays. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, it was weird. But a bit actually. I actually used that uh, phrase at work the other day because I was, like, walking around all stressed out and I was, like, trying to solve this issue. And then people were like, are you okay, Mel? And I, I was, as I was going to the office, I turned around and I look at them and I'm like, I've got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. <laughs> and then I turned around and walked away. <laughs> you turned on your heel, flicked your hair. Yes, and I walked away. <laughs> oh, well, that is amazing. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, uh, sometimes when I worked in my office environment, I'd, uh, have my headphones in, and I would walk over to the photocopier, and I'd be listening to, damn, it feels good to be a gangster from office space. <laughs> and I think I had a bit more of a strut in my step as I walked to that. You sometimes like you've got to do these things, haven't you, Mel? You do, yeah, you do. <laughs> so, uh, that was Fright Night, guys, the remake. Not bad. Uh, Here's some fun trivia. I don't know how fun it is. You can rate it if you like in terms of fun. So, um, the only two actors that didn't have to adopt an American accent were Anton Yelchin and Christopher Mintz-Plass, because everyone else was Irish, in the case of Colin Farrell, Australian, Tony Collette, English, Imogen Poots, uh, uh, Scottish, uh, um, David Tennant. So, yeah. Um, 
do Americans go over and do British television and movies, I wonder? Like, mm-hmm. can they have convincing enough accents? Do a lot of Americans do convincing enough accents? Well, supposedly Gwyneth Paltrow does a convincing English accent, even though I don't think she does. I think she's like, hello, I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves in the... Oh. Uh, <laughs> And we know Narida. I remember one line she says in that film, which is, I think about him, like, it's something like, I, I think about it when I'm alone. But she says, I think about him when I'm alone. I was like, alone? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Very weird. When I'm alone. <laughs> wow. Um, apparently, the props department put many Doctor Who references into Peter Vincent's apartment set, such as writing from Gallifrey uh, on certain items as a homage to actor David Tennant, who previously played the Doctor. But the majority of these references are not vid- visible to the audience. <laughs> okay. So, I hope they enjoyed it, though. Uh, let's have a look. Colin Farrell said he took the role of Jerry because he liked Craig Gillespie's work on Lars and the Real Girl, which I agree. I like that film. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen that? It's good. Yes, it's great. I it makes it. A, it's a potentially really disturbing film, but makes it really sweet. Yeah, it's really Because it could be very disturbing, but it's not. It's really sweet and charming. Aw. <laughs> uh, and I think that's it. Oh, yeah, that's it. Were those fun facts? Rate them uh, one out of five for fun, please. Uh, four out of five. Ooh, ooh, that was fun. Look, I can find really fun facts next week for a certain movie we're doing. Um, so, we don't have any uh, feedback for this week, guys. Uh, sad, sad. Do I have to start a kill list for this podcast, too? Yes. <laughs> You're going to be on uh, Mel's kill list. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So, let me, let me explain the kill list. If you don't submit feedback, you get on my kill list, and I will come and hunt you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it works. So... I narrowly avoided being hunted down by Mel in the last week for another podcast. At one point, I looked over at my window, and she was staring through the window at me with a knife in her teeth, giving me a menacing look. I was like, ah, I better send this feedback. So you did your feedback right away. I did do my feedback right away. Of course, I was terrified. And then I flew back home. Like a bat, with your little bat feet. And you just, I waved at you, and you just pulled your finger across your neck <laughs> in a really menacing way, and then just walked away. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, my work here is done. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. uh, So, uh, do you guys have any quotes that you want to mention that we haven't mentioned? I did not write any down. That's fine. I mean, the only one I didn't mention was when David Tennant yells ginger. It made me laugh because he's like, ginger! <laughs> and he reminded, it reminded me of... Uh... Briscoe yet again. Speaking of uh, Briscoe County Junior, uh, I watched half of the first episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead yesterday. How was that? It was pretty good. Uh, it was fine. Um, it didn't feel very Evil Dead up until a certain point where he got attacked by a little little doll, which was a <laughs> deadite. <laughs> it was like a little doll, and it was going, ah! and I was like, okay, this feels like Evil Dead now. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, it was okay. I'd recommend it. Cool. And that's because I think because that's the point where Bruce Campbell was doing a lot of physical comedy, you know, which is what I love most about Evil Dead. Yes. So, yeah. I would recommend it. Um, okay. So, let's score this film. So, Mel, I'm going to ask you first because otherwise you might come and kill me. 
Alright, this was a decent movie, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd watch it again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was pretty good. It was watchable. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 7 out of 10 green apples. Yeah. <laughs> green apples of artillery. Yes. <laughs> and uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you now for David Tennant appearing in Jessica Jones as Kilgrave, a character you know nothing about? <laughs> Pretty excited, I guess. I, I I liked him in this role, so I'm assuming he'll be really good in that role. Is that a one out of ten? What is that? Uh, I don't know. I don't get excited for things. Um, <laughs> Four. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> five. Maybe a five. I don't know. I don't get excited for things. So five. Okay. okay. <laughs> cool. Max, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was fine as well. Mm-hmm. Not amazing. Like. Like the recent horror film It Follows, which is pretty great. Oh, it's so good. It's like you know that's a that's a neat, refreshing take on a horror movie, something unique that you've never seen before. This is you know more of classic, you know, just run of the mill horror stuff. But it was done it was done well. Uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Vampire blood bag, bl- no vampire blood balloons because they exploded like water balloons. <laughs> When the, when the sun hit them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think I'm going to give it seven out of ten as well. I I enjoyed it. I to quote uh, the Ramjet podcast, it was a fun ride. Um, you know, it didn't take itself too seriously. I liked that Colin Farrell was hamming it up as the main guy. Um, David Tennant was delightful, um, but I I genuinely enjoy everything David Tennant's in, apart from a few things I can think of. Uh, But I like him in most things. I love Tony Collette as well, um, who played the mum. I think she's a good actress. Um, So, yeah, I thought the script was was, um, pretty good by Martin Oxen. It was funny. Uh, I like the stunt work, obviously, at the end as well, because we had some good practical stunt stuff, like with the cars as well, with the panning shot. I thought that was cool. I'm always happy to see more kind of physical work than CGI. Um, And so, yeah, um, I'm going to say as well in a minute just about horror films after what you said about It Follows Matt as well. But, uh, yeah, I'd give it 7 out of 10 David Tennant piercing flicks. (laughs) Is that what he did? Yeah, he flicked his piercing at Anthony Option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flick my piercing at you, sir. Um, Yeah, I want to say It Follows is an awesome uh, movie. So obviously we're releasing this after Halloween. But if anyone's looking for horror movie recommendations uh, post-Halloween, would you guys have any others apart from It Follows? Have you seen any other good ones this year or recently you would recommend? No, but I do have a video game recommendation. You should play Until Dawn, which plays like a typical slasher horror movie, and you just make choices and stuff. It's, It's like playing a movie. And I know I now know what this is because uh, Phelous, uh, formerly of Channel Awesome, did a review of it and showed huh? a load of stuff from it. So I watched his uh, review and it was very entertaining and made me go, if I was a gamer, I'd actually probably play that. But I'm not a gamer, so I, I won't. Yeah. But I enjoyed watching it and I, I can imagine it's really fun to play. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. it's like a choose-your-own-adventure almost, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And what's that called again? Can you survive until dawn, can you survive a typical teen slasher movie? Although the the genre does shift at one point. Nice. I would also recommend as well with It Follows, if you haven't seen it, watch The Babadook. That's an awesome horror film. It's Australian. I've heard about that. It's really cool. And it's yeah. um 
it's very much more of a psychological horror film than a slasher one, which um, I really is tended tends to be the horror films that I enjoy. Um, I like gory stuff, but I tend to find them more funny because I'm a sick sick puppy apparently. Um, I also watched another Australian horror film recently, which was called The Loved Ones, um, and that was very enjoyable, has a absolutely really good, crazy, psychotic performance by the lead actress. Uh, it's all to do with kids in school, and this girl wants to, this guy to go with the prom with her, and he says no, and then stuff happens. It's um, pretty gross. It has a bit of torture porn stuff in it, so like Hostel, if you can't watch stuff like that, then I wouldn't recommend it. But I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was very funny. So that was okay. If you're looking, if you're looking for psychological horror movies, you gotta watch the Korean film A Tale of Two Sisters. Oh yes, yes. I haven't seen that in years, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That really scared me. I yeah, yep. good recommendation that. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, faves. So that's us done for this week. I need to rewatch that. I think I might rewatch that this week. Uh, mm. So I'm still on a bit of a horror kick. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's us done for this week. Uh, do you guys want to plug anything you've been on uh, recording this week? We're recording Hooplecast later today. Yeah, podcast about Deadwood. It's awesome. Halfway through. Through season three? Two. Oh, I thought you said season three. I was like, whoa, I'm really nope. far behind. <laughs> nope, nope. And also uh, what we make podcast uh, about Terminator. And presumably Twin Peaks podcast will be coming back when the series does. Whenever that is. Whenever that is. We don't know. Could be 2016, could be 2017. Nobody seems to. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> it's just going to surprise us one day. David Lynch is just going to go, it's being released today. We'll be like, whoa, cool. Uh, yeah, um, and I've not really been on anything else apart from Intro to X. Uh, for Halloween, I'd recommend the Intro to X bonus episode we released uh, yesterday, where we covered the amazing werewolf movie Silver Bullet, starring Corey Haim and Gary Busey as the best slash worst uncle who spends the entire movie trying to kill Corey Haim. Um, wow. It's a delight. Uh, it also has Big Ed Hurley from Twin Peaks in it uh, as a uh, reverend werewolf. So it's delightful. <laughs> um, <laughs> so next week we are going to be covering another film, this time to celebrate the fact that Kristen Ritter will be uh, the titular Jessica Jones of Jessica Jones. And so we thought, why not do another vampire movie? So next week we will be discussing the movie Vamps. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have any predictions, or do you know anything about this movie? I've only seen the trailer. There will be teeth. There will be teeth. Do you think that she will be an actual vampire, or in she's a bit of a vamp, as in a bit of a you know likes likes uh, likes the men? Yeah, she will not be a vampire. She will not be um, a vampire. Okay, that's your prediction. That's my prediction. Um, well, all I will say is, uh, do you want the plot synopsis of this movie? Sure. Okay. okay, two female vampires in modern-day New York are faced with right. daunting romantic possibilities. Yeah. And I would just say oh. it, it was directed and written by Amy Heckling of Clueless fame. Oh, so it's a rom-com. And Fast Times at Richmond High and uh, and other things that she did. I think, didn't she also do uh, the Look Who's Talking movie? <laughs> oh, know. no. They were terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, she, I'm just having a look now, wrote uh, Vamps. Loser, Clueless, uh, Look Who's Talking Movies. Uh, as a director, she directed some Suburgatory, The Carrie Diaries. I don't know what that is. Gossip Girl, Vamps, 
uh, A Night at the Roxbury, Clueless, Look Who's Talking, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So it's mm. going to be funny. Now I'm scared. Um, <laughs> quote, unquote, quote, unquote, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely quote, unquote. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, we encourage, after that, that that glowing recommendation, we encourage you guys to watch that this week and send us feedback at the usual place. You can hear all those details at the end of the episode. Uh, last week we did an Excelsior, and uh, we did, sorry, a uh, a Sweet Christmas um, because of the news about Luke Cage, but because this week I think we should do a Get Back Demon in the uh, to celebrate uh, David Tennant. So, Matt, I'm going to hand that over to you to take us out, please. <laughs> Get Back Demon! Oh, that's not the first time you've done that. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!